I'm coming to you in a slightly different form today. I am a voice from the past because my body is 100 plus miles away and I forgot audio equipment. So alas, my dear listeners, I, your host, Ravi, cannot be with you today. But my two brothers, Christian and Arjuna, along with special guest Sahara, will bring you the latest on Lovecraft con- Country, Star Trek, Lower Decks, Wizards, and all the DC trailers and teasers. I leave you now with this quote. Do not go gentle into that good night. Thank you and enjoy. I'm going back to my fruity pina colada by the pool now. Fun fact, it's actually rum. Just straight, straight rum. All right. Well, that was Ravi's disembodied voice uh, coming to us from wherever uh, he is right now. Probably enjoying some rum. Somewhere in the world. Somewhere in the world. that He is, he is joining us. And Ravi... Uh, we've replaced you. In fact, we have your replacement <laughs> right here, Sahara. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Happy to be here. Yes, uh, actually, it's funny because you've been mentioned on this show multiple times as <laughs> my girlfriend, Sahara, and uh, it's an <laughs> it's an ongoing joke because when he forgets to put that first part in, Ravi's always like, "Oh, um, who exactly is uh, Sahara? Can you please clarify?" So, thank you so much That's for joining me. us. Yeah, awesome. You're the welcome. Infamous girlfriend. Oh, wow. Of <laughs> <laughs> he is girlfriend of Arjuna. Of exactly. Arjuna. <laughs> All right, guys, let's jump right into it. Uh, we do have a fairly loaded show. Uh, so Lovecraft Country, right off the top. We have the second episode. It's HBO Max's brand new show. Um, what did we think? This is, this is the second episode. To say that it sort of takes and goes in perhaps some directions we don't expect might be an understatement. Mm-hmm. So what do we think? So you remember what we used to do back in previous iterations of this podcast, one-word impressions? Yes, yeah. So if I had to do a one-word impression <laughs> for this episode, and it's because it, this word fits it, I think, to a T, it's loaded. This episode mm. is loaded from the very beginning. It's, there's a lot of information. There's a lot that happens. I read one review for this episode for this show that said, like, a season's worth of stuff happens in this one episode of this show. Yes. They even like I, I forget who the re- the reviewer was, but they likened it to if this show was on Netflix, everything that happened in this show would have been a season and a half's <laughs> worth yeah. on Netflix cuz Netflix is notorious for having dragging very slow things arcs out, and dragging it out a bit. I so, I thought it was a l- there's so much that happened in this episode. I think there's so many different ways to talk mm-hmm. about it. Yep. Yep. So, what you yeah. think? My one word impression for this would be just, whoa. <laughs> just, whoa. I found myself saying, whoa, from the very beginning of the episode yeah. to the very end of the episode. Even though the end of the, spoiler alert, the yeah. end of the episode, I was in tears. I was like, no, why? Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. There was just so much that happened in the show. It, it just felt like a series finale. Mm-hmm. That It was just so grand and so huge. And it was only episode two. It felt so. like a series finale. Or season finale, yeah. yeah, in episode two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so you, that's interesting. Your word word, word impression is whoa. Was there a moment in this episode that was most whoa for you? I think the most whoa episode <laughs> was, or the most whoa part of the show was when they were just each having their own tra- traumatic events mm-hmm. and they were going through it. And then I was like, oh, wow, she's about to make out with this guy. And then you switch to him in the room and you're like, whoa, that wasn't him what's right. going on and i was just like whoa what's going on in the show right and it was just so so grand yeah so great and that leads that leads actually into i think one of the more interesting aspects of this of this episode which is the surreal quality yeah uh you really don't know i would say probably ha- 
50% of this episode <laughs> at least, you are just not sure, first of all, what's happening or mm-hmm. if we can even trust it. Because yeah. we have elements of forgetfulness. Mm-hmm. We have things that are happening that clearly aren't happening. So yeah. is it their just imagination? Completely distorted reality. Yeah. And is it's it everyone's sp- different reality. It's Right. It's is it a spell? Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, what is it? Is it a poison like yeah, are they like, wizards right why is there an alien getting being born you know from a cow yeah like, so that has like become i feel like an iconic moment on television already mm-hmm. just the the, mm. the cow alien thing because I, I especially on twitter on social media everyone's mm-hmm. talking about that scene because it it is so strange and it's so weird mm-hmm. um it was uh, it was just it was it was wild. I I uh, threw up a little in my mouth. <laughs> you did? No, but I would have. <laughs> oh, if I was eating something. Oh, I mean, oh, yeah. When she started cuddling with it, and then just <laughs> the mucus that's coming off of it was stuck to her face. I was like, Ugh. yeah. There's a little a little off topic, but it reminds me so much of. Do you remember the um, when I was doing uh, milk, and um, the uh, inspiration of the milk was uh, the Netflix documentary, like, uh, Have a Good Trip, a uh, psychedelic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Sting, uh, who I think is like the first interview in that documentary on Netflix, basically uh, describes how he's taken some kind of hallucinogen. Uh, Finished peyote? Uh, yeah, yeah, it might have been, but and uh, he was on a farm at the at that point, and he had to like help uh, the farmhand um, help this cow give birth while like <laughs> tripping balls and like there was like rainbows getting squirted out of oh my out of the cow. It just reminded me of that. <laughs> it was it was it was uh, you know I'd love to. I would love to think that Sting um, provided the inspiration for this uh, alien <laughs> being born, even though it probably isn't true. <laughs> yeah. um, so, forgetfulness, the surreal quality. We have guys doing maybe spells. What do we think? What do we think is going on here? Is it magic? Is it some kind of weird science? What What do we think is happening? I think it's straight up magic for this episode. I, I think okay. they're definitely part of some type of cult, and there's obviously a lot of allegories and allusions. To them being KKK members, they have the robes. Mm-hmm. They talk about grand wizards. But they can't be KKK because they're too poor. <laughs> they're too poor. Yeah, there's, what there's a, a line. line. That what was a great, a great line. line. And like, cer- <laughs> like certainly a lot of members of this this cult are very pretty racist, mm-hmm. um, as we kind of learn in the episode. <laughs> they're at least uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, you know, on a side tangent, one of my favorite scenes in the episode is when uh, – was when Uncle George announces Tick being one of, you know, a pure descendants mm. of the, um, what do they call them? Like the Sons of Adam? Yeah, the Sons of Adam. The Sons of Adam, mm-hmm. like a pure line. And he's like, you can all get the fuck out. Mm. <laughs> that was yes. such a great line and like such a great moment. And they just like, all of these just guys just reluctantly getting up and leaving and just like, oh, I guess we have to. He, yeah. he said he's got, so. He's yeah. got the magic blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do think it's like straight up, I do think it's some type of um, magical type of thing because they clearly have these like weird alien beasts, which they called guard dogs in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're able to put up magical barriers. They're able to kind of open these gates. They're able to, spoiler alert, bring people <laughs> back from the dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's straight up, that's magic, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, like, in the MCU, they always talk about magic and science are one and the same. Um, like, but this is pretty magical, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty special stuff that this cult has learned. Does anyone get the impression that knowing uh, Lovecraft's actual literary works would help you with this show? 
Does anyone here even has anyone even read any? Because I have not. So I, I haven't. I couldn't even. I couldn't even answer that question myself. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah. Do, but do you get the impression? Do you get the feeling though that maybe some of these elements are tied to some of his stories? That's not, that's something we'll, we should look up for next episode because I'm just curious to see yeah. how much reading his stories and knowing his yeah. literature would help. I feel like it might, especially because in this show they use a lot of good music, but they also use a lot of like audio tracks. And so what they, I feel like they're also going to like start introducing like snippets from his work, like his written work, because they introduce pieces from written works from like poets and like musicians and everything like that. So yeah. I feel like it's going to come into play. But I just, it's definitely one of those shows where you want more information. Because I know after the show, I just discovered that the HBO actually put out a podcast with someone who's like a horror fanatic and then also one of the writers of this show, mm. which is really cool because she talks about what they were going through when they're in the writing room, what they're talking about, and like how they just wanted this all to come together. So it was just really interesting kind of hearing the process of how these crazy scenes and like scenarios were created. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and actually, so you brought up the music. I mm -hmm. think music, that's something we definitely got to mention, right? Yeah. Uh, what do we, how do we feel about, they use Moving On Up, the uh, the Jefferson's <laughs> theme song. The, um, I don't know if you can call it a song, but when he's getting, you know, Whitey on the Moon. Mm -hmm. That's the, so that's the, um, the speech, the like, and they yeah. the, yeah. kind of in the first two episodes, they've used like snippets from um, performances and mm -hmm. speeches and things like that in kind of the climaxes of these episodes, right? And it kind of it, it seems like maybe that's their stylistic choice yeah. for the show, and I think it's kind of cool and powerful mm -hmm. because, you, and especially if you, I'm sure if you do research into what these snippets actually are, right, they're very relevant into the show because the reason the show is so dense. And there's so much going on is because everything has multiple meanings, right? Like right. you have these supernatural elements, but they also tie in very realistically into what's going on in the 1950s mm -hmm. with the Jim Crow laws, with racism. Uh, so it's a loaded show. It's almost like you need to watch it a couple times to really pick up on everything that's going on. Yeah, there's, there's certainly some rele like revelations that are revealed in this episode, like the the blink and you miss it moment of uh, Uncle George might be Tick's actual. Dad, yeah, like, you know what I mean. That is such a—it's just a quick moment where he's like, you know, we don't talk about it. He's like, oh, I'm gonna beat you up, and then he dies. Interesting. <laughs> See, I got from that. So what I got from that was that he wasn't necessarily the dad, but he knows who the dad is. Well, everyone knows who the dad is, and but that's interesting. That that's interesting that you thought it might be him. That's actually that would throw a whole yeah. wrench in this dynamic. I think there was a line that he said right before. Um, like the house started falling apart yeah. and he said something like because you might be all he has left now hinting at that he's going to die so it's like oh was he the father like he might be the figure that he has to be or right. is it just because he's been a father figure so so the reason I think mm -hmm. Uncle George might be the father is because he references um, a story he heard from um, Tick's mom and so they clearly had a close relationship um, Daddy Freeman, as we'll call, you know, Michael K. Williams. <laughs> Daddy Freeman. I think his oh, name man. is Montrose. 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 Yeah. yeah, Montrose. Montrose Freeman, uh, who is his, you know, who allegedly, or as we are so to believe, everyone believes, yeah. is his biological father. When when Uncle George brings it up, he says, "We settled this a long time ago." He's like, you know, I, I don't want to bring this up. Like, mm -hmm. this is, you know, it is the way it is. And there's clearly some anger there. And the reason yeah. I think there's anger is because Uncle George potentially had an affair with Tick's mom 
in the past. And like that's why he has been so fatherly to him. Um and, and that potentially what makes that's what makes the death of Uncle George that more So real quick Harper. then, when they're all going through that traumatic mm-hmm. stuff, is that the woman that that uncle is, is dancing with? Tick's father? Or Tick's mother? Is that Tick's mother? So that's what I'm not... I need to rewatch the episode because <laughs> yeah, I, like, don't, I, don't even... I don't know if that because is damn. the... I don't know yeah. if that's the aunt. I can't, I, I can't remember... I don't, think, it's so I don't think it's the aunt. I d- yeah. It's not the Because aunt. she's someone who has already passed away and the aunt's clearly alive. Right. Yeah. But So it must this have been someone he been, had like, yeah. an affair with. Like a lover. So I, I think I think that is his mom. Like if I had mom. to, I yeah. have to get because they they're dealing with three Jeez. traumas, right? Uh, Uncle George has lost mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tix is PTSD yeah. from mm-hmm. something that happened in the war. Yeah, and you know Letty's is rape. Yeah, that so. could be why Uncle George, when Tick was asking, like, "What did you guys all see?" He was like, "Let's not live in the past." Yeah, that's why he brushed it off so quickly. Is yeah. because he doesn't want Tick to know. Boom. That's it. Was with his mom. Be like, what the heck? Why are you with my mom? It's wow. your yeah, traumatic exactly. event. Well, you mm. you have just okay. Wow. Okay. Uh you <laughs> you've swayed my opinion, actually. I, I came in ready to be like, I don't understand this television shop. <laughs> no, that was <laughs> me like fifty percent. I was no. like, I had to ask her. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. I really like I really like this show because it is super layered, right? Like yeah. if yeah. you watch it on a periphery level you're like oh cool there's like there's like aliens and then there's like wizards <laughs> and racism, <laughs> racism and and family dogs and fam- yeah. family trauma yeah. demon dogs demon dogs and i love it yeah, yeah. action see and, and I, was, I was gonna say that my my one criticism of this episode is i love things being layered but episode two it feels like a bit much yeah. but but i think that's that's a, that also might be a strength of the show. Like you have to sit down with your friends afterward. Mm-hmm. You have to have a powwow on a podcast yeah. to figure yeah. it out. Mm-hmm. That's actually a good thing. And and that's what I like about that's what I like about media. Like and that's any type of fo- art form, right? That's books, that's mm-hmm. movies, that's TV shows. If it makes you think and talk about it after, I think it's done its job of being impactful yeah. and having meaning. And that's what I feel about this show. This is one of those HBO shows where it's like, wow. This is really layered and really good. Like that's how I felt about early Game of Thrones. That's mm-hmm. how you you know felt about early Westworld. Mm. Uh, Watchmen, I may destroy you. Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. You know, like those th- like <laughs> these different types of like real. And HBO does a really good job of creating really substantive, um, great shows. And I mm-hmm. think this has the potential to be one of them. And yeah. like it's to me, it's already appointment television. It's like Sundays are yeah. Lovecraft nights, and mm-hmm. I'm excited. And, like, this Sunday, I didn't get to watch it with you or Ravi. And I was, like, a little disappointed because I think part of the excitement of watching these shows is just, like, Talking wow, about what it just right happened. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's the other. Th- uh, that's a great point because I watched it by myself last night. Uh, nobody was around. So I watched it, and I was just, like, I couldn't talk about it afterwards to figure it out. So, mm-hmm. But we're doing that now. Um, last, last, before we move on to until uh, we ask the ultimate question, where do we think we're going from here? So well, obviously we end the show with really traumatic death. Yeah. But also everyone in that house seems to be dead or turned to stone or you know both. Mm-hmm. So wh- where do we where are we going from here? Uh, do we think first of all is the the uh, the daughter of the the white people still alive? Oh, Christina. Yeah, is Christine, that her name? Christina. Christine? One She's of those probably two. alive. Christina. Yeah. Uh, and where do we think we're going from here? I would say she's probably alive because mm-hmm. I would. Uh, just assuming from how it went with Tick, 
and like the whole ceremony, the ring, which is what she gave him, was the thing that let out the shroud that messed it up and killed everyone. And she, and because she's directly tied to that, I'm assuming she sabotaged the ceremony. Oh, okay. And so now she's probably... And we didn't see her, you know, the classic line of, if you don't see them perish, they're still alive. We didn't see her perish. Yeah. I'm sure she left before the ceremony knowing, like, that was what she's was going to She's probably, you know, bottle feeding the creature somewhere in the barn. <laughs> yeah, <No>. exactly. <laughs> and there's so much to her character. Like, we didn't see her go, and we didn't see her assistant slash friend die either. So I'm sure... Oh, William. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be more of those two. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of these characters, like, in terms of our main characters, well, Uncle George is is dead at this point. And it was definitely alluded to in the first episode when he had the long goodbye with his wife and his daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Uncle George isn't coming back. Right. Yeah. And yeah, Uncle George didn't come back. <laughs> and so... So soon, though. I think there's going to be... I think there's going to be a lot of fallout from that, especially, mm-hmm. like, is he Tick's dad? Now we have uh, Montrose... You know, in their back, and how what their dynamic is going to be like. Uh, you obviously have Letty, who died in this episode, yeah, uh, and is now alive again. So she has to deal with that. So there's a lot. There's, it's kind of like I feel like the next episode is just like a regroup. Um, we we kind of watched to the end and saw a little bit of a preview. So there definitely seems to be a little bit of a time jump mm. in the next episode because they're back back in Chicago mm. and a little bit ti- a little bit of time has passed but there's definitely Oh, interesting. There's definitely the feeling of it's the fallout of everything that's happened and kind of what is next for these these characters essentially. Interesting. Especially cuz they can't go back, right? They can't they can't unsee what they've seen here. And so how does that affect them going forward? Especially come back to the real world. Yeah. 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 All right. So, do you have any bold predictions? Any I honestly Any have no deaths? idea. I hope nobody else dies, but I'm sure <laughs> you know many will die. <laughs> um, but I think this is we're at the point where we're going to get a lot more of like the reality of the time situations. And I think a lot of their issues are going to stem from racism and from the Jim Crow era that they're in now because they're going back into that world mm. after just being in this like whole magical, crazy place. And so I think they're going to have to face a lot more of those issues. But all the while, I'm not sure, like, does this mean that Tick has powers now? Is he going to somehow use those powers? What's he going to use them for? Right. So I don't know where that's going to come into play. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do we think Uncle George comes back at all? Do we think now Tick knows that there's this magical, oculate group out there Mm -hmm. that can bring people back from the dead? He saw that from Letty. Do we think he tries to do that for Uncle George? I don't see why he yeah. wouldn't. I mean, he has the literary background. Mm-hmm. Uh, his dad, Michael K. Williams, is probably on Bontrose, board with it. Yeah. So it, it, perhaps that's setting up the next quest, which yeah. is to figure out where they are and, and or maybe learn the spell or the ritual to bring them back. That, that could be that could be a very nice next part of the of the chapter. Right. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it seems like there's a story to tell, right? Mm. And uh, honestly, after the first episode, I'm like, okay, the story is these three characters, Letty, Tick, and Uncle George, trying to find the dad, and that's going to be the full season, right? That's what I thought. And yeah. then it ended after two episodes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to see what the full arc is now, right? Because right. it really, our expectations are upended a bit in terms mm. of, right. you know, now is it is it about Tick? And is it about, like, Letty kind of moving on from these events? And like, what's going to bring them back together? Because... Um, you know, I think it's safe to assume there are two main characters at this point. Yeah. I thought Uncle George was our third main character. 
but he is dead. I mean, that explains why he's <laughs> not on the movie poster or on the show poster. Ooh, ooh. It's just Tick and Letty. Ooh. Yeah, but maybe you know, maybe because they didn't want to like the third wheel it uh, and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Ooh, comment yeah. from, from Wes. Okay, okay. <laughs> Wes, good, uh, good friend of the podcast, uh, Wesley Varghese, thinks Uncle George is going to be back. I think so. Yeah, I think he'll be back too. I just don't know if he's coming back as a live body. Yeah, maybe he comes yeah. back as a vision or a dream. Flashbacks, flashback. Yeah. Because flash they forwards. have already like showed visions of like his ancestors. So like obviously the great 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 grandmother leading him out of the house. So I feel like he's gonna come back into play, but in some form of like a guidance or like an angel who's a watching spirit. over him. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think it's time to ask that age-old question. <laughs> Was it cheese? Was it cheese? The answer Age is old yes. question. Uh, Sahara, was episode two of Lovecraft Country good? Yes. And I wore the shirt because it is seriously good. Oh, wow. Damn. Exactly. Look at that. Set up, they set up the, the <laughs> question with a shirt. <laughs> yes. Incredible. It was seriously good. It's amazing. And I literally tell everyone I know to watch the show because I just need more people to talk about it with. Nice. It's great. Nice. Arjuna. Was Lovecraft Country episode two good? I'm going to say absolutely yes. <laughs> it was a great episode. I did enjoy the pilot a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, but I, I still think this was a really strong episode, and I'm I'm excited to see where the show is going because, like I said, uh, I it, my expectations were completely <laughs> upended, and there's so much going on. Uh, I do hope the next episode's a little bit slower. I hope there's a little <laughs> bit more of it that yeah. you know, we can kind of digest and kind of like mm-hmm. process some of these big re- revelations that we've had. Uh, but I am excited for the show, and I, I do like it a lot. Krishna, was Lovecraft Country Season 1, Episode 2 good? Uh, yes, it was. Uh, I was going to say I was leaning toward no because so much happened, and my brain is slow. <laughs> but after hashing it out... Uh, and realizing some of the elements that I missed, um, it was definitely good. I think uh, I, I love the style of it. That's something you can never you can never complain about with HBO, but especially with this show, yeah. the aesthetic. I love it. I love it so much, and I love the cast as well. It's incredible. I, I love everyone who's in it. Um, okay, cool. So moving on to a show that relies entirely on special effects because it's completely <laughs> animated. Yes. Star Trek Lower Decks. Season one, episode three. I'm just going to start off right off the bat. The show, which I thought started off pretty good in episode one, is slowly for me going downhill. Hmm. To me, it's becoming less funny. It's becoming more formulaic and predictable. And I am having less fun with it. But that is simply my opinion. I would like to hear what you uh, what you. Why do you think it like what's formulaic about it to you? Just that like it's it's a it's a an event that happens and then they kind of do it. But how is that different from like a Rick and Morty? Sure. Or uh, or some of like other popular animated shows. Um, Rick and first of all, Rick and Morty, in my opinion, does it uh, in a very entertaining way. Mm -hmm. The two characters are absurd. The science fiction behind it, the things that they, the, how to solve it are completely ridiculous. And actually very smart on a certain level, right? This show hasn't quite hit that stride yet. Now, I think it will, and I think yeah. it can, but it seems to me these first few episodes are just all about, and it's inevitable, right, with any new show. It's all about exploring its characters and trying to present you, this is what they're about, this is what they do in certain situations. Mm-hmm. You know, I... I, I'm just. I feel like they're beating me over the head with. I get that the dude is a 
uh, a guy who sticks to the rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get that the, the female lead, she's all about kicking ass and being a rebel, you know. And it just seems to me that just beating over those two characteristics with those two characters over and over again, I'm like, all right, it's getting a little bit... You know, every episode is going to be this. Of course, it won't be. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they're trying to set this up, maybe to subvert expectations later, which I'm sure they will. But it's just like three episodes of, I think, relatively the same thing with these two characters. And I'm like, I'm, I'm a little over it at this point. But what do you guys think? <laughs> now that I've... I think you're impatient. <laughs> I am impatient. <laughs> I absolutely am impatient. I would say there's been growth, though, from the characters. And I wouldn't say it's necessarily the same thing. Uh, in, ter- in terms of like where the characters have come, I, I think you're already seeing an evolution with them uh, a bit with our with our main characters. Forgive me, I don't ever remember these character names because I'm horrible with character names in general. Mm. So I'm just delaying right now until I can pull it up. Yes, <laughs> but uh, you know, with Mariner and um, and um, Boim- what's his name? Boimler. Boimler. Oh, Boimler. Boimler. I think it's Boimler. 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 Right, Bormler is the stickler, right, and and yeah. Mariner is is the is the rebel. Like, doesn't work with anyone. And yeah. you mm-hmm. see both of them do a little bit of the opposite in this episode, right? Bormler is the one that says like, "We got to break protocol to to kind of do this." Yeah. And there's a there's a really funny joke there where like the Bormler, um, like the 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 Boimler maneuver, like the Boimler, like... Oh, the plaque and the, the new the plaque, rule. Yeah. Right, the new rule yeah. and everything, and then do like a flash forward <laughs> into the future, and like, the Boimler rule, which was super, like, famous and stuff, which is great. Like, that's awesome. Like, and, like, that's a great Star Trek joke, and, like, be able to, like, go into the future and kind of, like, have this this thing now that is probably canon and could, ever, you know, be referenced forever. Mm-hmm. And then it was interesting to see Mariner work with um, one of the officers and stuff and, and not have to just, like, do it her own way. Um, <laughs> develop a crush. Yeah. Develop, de- <laughs> develop a crush and then immediately crush it, right? You Literally. Know, like, I will kill you <laughs> uh, type of thing. Uh, I think it's great because it's taking it's taking like the Star Trek norm and mm-hmm. flipping it on its head a little bit, right? In terms of in doing it in a cartoony way because it's like there is some development but they're also like able to do these great jokes about it instead of like and they all linked hands and lived happily ever mm-hmm. after. Mm-hmm. Um, so I disagree with you on that. I think through three episodes, we're starting to see some development from these characters and, mm. and such. Yeah, I agree. I definitely see the development. And I think um, I really like the first episode. The second episode was okay, but this one kind of brought me back. It was really fun and enjoyable. And I like that in a similar way that I do like The Mandalorian, that you don't have to know the whole fandom to get into the show because I'm not a big Star Trek fan. I'm not a Trekkie. Me I only saw the ones with like Chris Pine. So, <laughs> so yeah. Sexy Trek, as they call it. <laughs> Sex really? Trek. Wait, uh, I just coined that. I like it. I'll take it. But yeah, it's it's definitely fun because like even for someone like me who's not in that universe at all can follow along and still have fun with it. So I kind of mm. like it in like the Rick and the way I like Rick and Morty, where it's just like people going on adventures in space, and it's a good laugh for half an hour, whatever, how long, however long it is, and mm. I think it's fun. And I also really like the main character, the well, the girl. The guy is fine, Mariner. whatever. Mariner. Yeah, Mariner. Mm. She's cool. I like her she's character. She's super funny, and I yeah. feel like they've tried to do a lot of characters like her lately because they're trying to, you know, bring in like black, more black stars and black characters and stuff. But I feel like they've finally channeled it in a way that it's not so much into like those stereotypes. Mm. And I think it's really cool. It's it's fun seeing that representation on there, which is awesome. Nice. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I think you know that character works really well, especially in the Star Trek universe because everybody is. You, I mean, most of the main characters are buttoned up. 
captains, mm-hmm. right? Who like lead and aren't rebels or anything. And she's very different. Mm-hmm. And I think that works really well and makes her a memorable character within this universe. And then to go on to your point about, you know, it being a fun show and you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be soaked deep into the Star Trek mythos to mm-hmm. enjoy this. It's absolutely right. And I think that's where this show hits its stride. You can have newcomers and you can have super fans love all the references and like mm-hmm. the the Mariner plaque and, and, and or the Boimler plaque, not the Mariner <laughs> plaque. Uh, and all those types of um references and stuff because mm-hmm. it it's something that's built off of fifty years of um hurt fandom and history <laughs> and, oh, and and everything. <laughs> that, that. So yeah. I think Christian maybe your problem is like you're you're not a full Star Trek fan, yeah. but you know a little bit of Star Trek. Yeah. And maybe not enough to Right. And I think it. I think you're stuck between like wanting something that's deeper, but then also wanting something that's fun and you haven't decided like which way you're going to take the show. Because, like, The Mandalorian, you're a Star Wars fan, and you enjoy it as a Star Wars fan, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. But, like, this, you're like, I'm not a full Star Trek fan, yeah. uh, but I'm not, like, fully just, like, along for the ride. So I think maybe you're stuck in this weird, like, in-between. And so you, I think it's, like, you're trying to figure out how you like it. I would say just enjoy it and have fun with it. I, I, try, I try it. I really do. Because, I, I, like you said, I really don't like Star Trek. But this episode for me, maybe it was, like, once again, I was by myself watching it. Mm-hmm. I think this might be an issue for all these things on here. Yeah. <laughs> so I was watching it by myself, and I was just like, oh, you know, maybe if someone else was here laughing, I'd be like, I, I have a built in laugh track, you know? And then you're like, oh, yeah, no, that's funny. I get it. Yeah. I'm very gullible like that, you know? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, what else to say here? Uh, what do you guys think of the crystal people? I mean, that was kind of funny. They were, they were kind of fun. That was probably my favorite part yeah. of the episode were the crystal people. Um, just because they were like doofuses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also think... Go ahead. Oh. Uh, yeah, I thought that was funny. Uh, I thought the crystal people were cool. And then I also just really liked that they were just graffitiing on the, <laughs> the Ceratos. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's just like simple. So funny. Right. And I loved it. And, uh, and I, I just... I. I like I like this version of Star Trek because it's always very serious, right? It's like it's a super threat and they come and attack, but nobody dies and, and but like there's a very logical explanation why no one dies in this episode. They're a super primitive race that yeah. have spears and like no technology right and so uh, that was fun like that i thought that was really fun and like the graffiti and like they're able to overpower these really tired people because they want to overwork these people and then they have like the the buffer time i thought that was genius right because you you always see like these people working on the spaceship but then in the episodes they always have all of this time to do stuff and why is Mm. that because there's buffer time Mm. oh yeah it takes eight hours to change like the screw wheel you know but change a light bulb i also think that was like a perfect like theme for an episode especially right now because so many people are working from home and like have the freedom to you know kind of do work as they need as long as they you know get their tasks and and done by the end of the day it doesn't matter but i know that you know when because i used to work remote before now like an actual remote job and like sometimes i would have to submit reports through like toggle which is like a task checking site Mm. and it just tracks like your times and how long you take for it i'm like oh my god i feel like so much pressure and so I just found this episode super relatable because I know what it's like to be watched and like have to like <laughs> be timed for every little task you do and like how much easier it is when you don't have to be timed. And it's like, as long as I'm getting the work done at the end of the day, like yeah. you shouldn't even care about the process. Yeah, please shut the fuck up and leave me alone. Exactly. I, 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 <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. That was completely relatable. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was uh, an interesting dynamic. Like yeah. pulling in yeah. some real life work situations. Mm-hmm. 
That was cool. And I like that. I like that about Lower Decks because each of the... They haven't been afraid to kind of poke at the Star Trek formula either, right? Right. They haven't been afraid to poke at, like, these questions that make no sense. Like, with the holodeck and it being like, yeah, everyone's going to use it for sex stuff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> of course like, Oh, yeah. Like, working, like, all the time. Uh, yeah. People are going to, like, not do stuff mm-hmm. because you're <laughs> always working. You live on a spaceship, you know? Um and there's no pay in the universe, as Julian <laughs> said a couple weeks ago. Like in, in the Star Trek universe, you do this just because your love of Starfleet. <laughs> like, that's true. They even brought that up a few times. Exactly. They're like, for Starfleet. Yeah, and, and, that, and, that's <laughs> like, what's okay. great. and that's what I like about this show. They're able to poke fun at the fandom and the whole universe and have fun with it. And like mm. that's what the show is about. And I feel like you're getting a little bit more of that each week. Mm. That's, a, that's, a, that's interesting. Unless anyone has anything else they want to mention... I have one more thing. Oh, God. Krishna yes. was Star Trek oh, wow. Lower Decks, <laughs> Season 1, Episode 3. Good. Despite uh, both of your best efforts and your <laughs> impassioned pleas, uh, no, it was not good. Um, You're not good. And it's definitely one of, the show, one of those shows where I need to watch it with someone else. Otherwise, I'm bored. That's fair. Uh, millennial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paint me a, uh, a borderline millennial. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're a little... no no i'm right there i'm right there gen z i'm right there i swear my hair just fell out you know genetically it was a choice it was a choice choice. choice. well this was kind of (laughs) half uh sahara was lower deck season one episode three good yes it was uh it was definitely very good i had a lot of fun with it and i'm definitely going to come back for episode four which is Mm -hmm. more than i can say about any other star trek things in my life well there you go star trek you've gained at least one new fan uh, which is great yeah arjuna was lower deck season one episode three good yes it was very good. I'm I enjoyed shocked. it, and I am excited for the future. Christian is a poopy head wow. and doesn't know what he's talking about. Wow, wow, wow! He doesn't. He doesn't understand good art. He thinks good art. He doesn't. He thinks that. <laughs> he thinks that. Uh, oh, Triple that? Frontier. Triple Frontier is a good movie. It's a good action movie on Netflix. It's yeah. not. It's nothing more. Nothing less. <laughs> you're, you're I expect more from the creators of Rick and Morty. You, I expect. Do you more. expect more from a cartoon? Wow. Yes, Christian. that from the creators of Rick and Morty. It's I do. one writer from Rick and Morty. I expect. Jesus. I expect the world. Real quick, uh, you know, we do have someone in our chat spamming <laughs> us, and I feel like we should reference it. Um, I for, took the words right out of for, my mouth. For those who are, uh, you know, following along during the live stream, uh, Ravi. I know you miss us because you're clearly not here for the podcast. <laughs> also, but can you please refrain from spamming our chat? Also, uh, you have kidnapped. You've clearly kidnapped this Twitch uh, user that <laughs> user handle that you have abducted. Um, so uh, yeah, no, we we are looking at the chat and anyone who's watching, please uh, you know let us know. Also, I am wearing saying? a polo because it was the only clean shirt I had. Wow, Juno, you think you can go on vacation for two days and use all your clothes? Yes, that's clearly what happened because it was 150 degrees. Yeah, you're literally sweating through your clothes every 20 minutes. Even (laughs) at like 9 p.m., it was still 98 degrees. That is horrible. Is that AC at least? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was just like when you stepped outside, it was a full 40 degrees hotter. Yeah, Yeah, it was horrible. Okay. Well, uh, moving on to our other animated show. Do you think it's time for potentially one of our giveaways? I think we should do it after this next one. Okay. I, I had a, I had this uh, oh, set up a certain oh, way, oh, and okay. you've now ruined it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, stick around. After this wizard section, we will be giving away one of these masks. Mm-hmm. Uh, was a good custom mask, so uh, stay tuned. But first, wizards. 
uh, Netflix original. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you say spiritual sequel or no, is it just straight up sequel? It's part. It's a. It's it's. They're calling it the Tales of Arcadia, and it is the third and final show in the Tales of Arcadia trilogy. Oh, wow. Final, huh? Well, we're gonna we're gonna have to talk about if it really is the end <laughs> because it seems to me that it isn't. But Wizards, uh, they dropped. I think it was ten episodes, a limited series. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've watched Troll Hunters, uh, very much in that style, it's the exact same characters actually. Yeah. Uh, they go back in time to try and stop you know, things, the time from falling apart because of these three uh, crazy powerful forces of nature. Uh, from, you know, uh, destroying everything that they know and love. Uh, so time travel, there's major deaths. Uh, they're, we pull in events from Troll Hunter and turn them on their head. Uh, they either rewrite history or they play out history exactly as it was intended. We should, you know, definitely talk about mm-hmm. that. But what are, your, what are your surface feelings on this show as, a, as part of the Tales of Arcadia lore that Netflix has given us? Uh, I honestly thought it was really strong and powerful. Um, honestly, it was one of those shows I was disappointed there weren't more episodes. Oh, interesting. Uh, because I thought what they did um, with the show and kind of building out the mythology was really impactful. Mm. And, you know, something... One of the, the second series in the Tales of Arcadia was Three Below. Right. And that was like a solid show, but it was definitely the weakest because it felt like there was a lot of filler. And Trollhunters 2 felt like there was a lot of filler in there as well. This just felt like episode 2 of Lovecraft Country, basically, <laughs> 10 times over. There's just so much going on yeah. each and every episode that it's like, I, I kind of wish there was some of that filler to develop some of these characters, especially in the past. Uh, Doxy, 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 Doxy. Doxy? I think it's Doxy. <laughs> uh, and, you know, the, the main character of Wizards, like, he is a very interesting lead, and it's like, we don't get a ton of time with him because... There is so much troll hunter stuff to kind of deal with um, in the show, but I mean, initial and initial um, um, initial thoughts on the show is just I really liked it. I really love how it connected, um, especially being a fan of the previous shows. Mm. Sahara, I know you haven't watched yeah. the other shows, so I'm interested. Oh, that's to see interesting. That's a big good perspective. Yeah, I watched a little bit of Three Below with Arjuna, but I mostly fell asleep during it. <laughs> so I guess that speaks to how I felt about that. But this one, I actually was awake for, and I really enjoyed watching it. I don't know if it's because I really do love that kind of medieval time and Renaissance time, where it is like King Arthur and like Camelot. I don't know if they called it Camelot or something. They did. They did? Okay, yeah. yeah. And Camelot. I always loved those kind of stories growing up, so I think it kind of took me back to like when I was a kid and the stories I liked listening to. So I had a lot of fun with it, and I also just, like, I don't know. I just really liked the way... That the story played out. I liked that it had really good action, which I wasn't really expecting from this kind of kids show. Yeah. Like, it seemed a little bit... Is it a kids show? It is technically a kids show, Mm -hmm. but there's certainly... I mean, especially with this show, there's a lot of adult themes. There's a a lot of... There's a lot of of dark themes. (laughs) Yeah. And and I thought they actually did a really good job. But I think Mm -hmm. it is ultimately a children's show, but it's Mm -hmm. a very well-done children's show. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely would agree with that. I, I... I like that it had a lot more action than I would expect in, like, you know, Paw Patrol or something ridiculous that my nephew watches. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had, I had a fun time watching this show. And I'm definitely, you know, interested in, like, another topic I guess we're talking into a segue. I don't know if that's so Oh, yeah, sorry. no, that's pretty dope. No, <laughs> but I'm definitely interested in seeing what movie they're going to do with this because they are going to make a movie about it. And I'm not sure if it's going to be 
um, elements from all three of these little installments or if it's just going to be based off this one. So I'm, I'm excited to see how that's going to play out. I think yeah. I'll watch that. I have, a, I have a theory, but we'll get to that in a second about what the movie might involve. Because mm -hmm. we saw a character in this show, and correct me if I'm wrong, we saw him for like two seconds and then we didn't see him again. And he's a very prominent character from Troll Hunters, uh, the Pharaoh-looking uh, guy. Ah, yes. Yeah, we saw him for like two seconds, and yeah. then he wasn't there. He was there in the past, but in the present, he is dead. Yes, correct. Uh, yes. But he's such an important character in the Troll Hunter mythos. Yes. You know, and so it's just very interesting, and we only saw him for a second. And he didn't do anything except pull... Uh, Morgana, I think, out of the water, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something so, like he bought. He basically bought her to the three, the three crazy powerful magic people. Right. Um, what was I going to say? I yeah. So I totally agree. The choreography in these shows are like next level. Like the yeah. action is is really good. In fact, I would say that's probably the strongest part. And I would absolutely agree that the stakes in this particular series especially with the deaths mm -hmm. was a little bit shocking um in fact i almost didn't like it because it was like it's it's it almost like they they were kind of cheap with some of their characters i feel almost they weren't but i feel like they were i go back and forth on it i'm like they they like lancelot dies right but i didn't get the emotional impact that i wanted from steve He's mad for like a, a little bit, but then he goes right back to being mm -hmm. butt snacks Steve. You know, I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't see what the point of killing Lancelot right there was then. Mm -hmm. Because it didn't affect Steve the way that I would have wanted it to. I understand yeah. it's a kid's show, but, you know, and there's just little moments like that that just irked me a little bit. You know, that's just an example. Um, but uh, what other major deaths were there that I'm totally forgetting? I mean, they're, the big one is Merlin, right? And I thought that was the death they handled really well. I agree with you. I don't think the Lancelot death was handled super well. Yeah. But the one they absolutely nailed was Merlin. I mm -hmm. agree. And especially I the agree. way it affects Duxy and really the other characters, too. It affects Jim. It affects um, Claire. Morgana. Morgana. It affects yeah. all these characters. In yeah. fact, the death of Merlin is what basically flips Morgana yeah. uh, to kind of to, to be good. Um, at the end to kind of redeem herself which is crazy to think at the end of Troll Hunters she is one of the big bads yeah. and kind of has this full arc and I thought they did that arc really really well mm -hmm. she reminds me a little bit of a Ventress uh, Ventress in terms of like someone who goes from uh, absolutely pure evil like at least that's yeah. how the show presents it yeah. and then it gives them a side of this is why Mm -hmm. They're evil. They're not really evil, but you know they believe certain things because of pain that's happened to them, yeah. and they're just carrying it out. And I, I really, I, I did enjoy that arc as well. Yeah, I love when shows do that, and I feel like kids shows often have to do that because it helps children understand. Like I know my nephew who's six, he doesn't like watching movies or shows where characters are like inexplicably mean. And, like, he needs to know why they're being mean to someone else for, like, whatever reason to help him, like, cope with it. So I think that is a trait that you see in a lot of kids' shows. But that translates really well for adults because it just helps paint a bigger picture mm. and get, like, the full understanding of this character and more how they came to be. Yeah, more third-dimensional view of the character. Yeah. Right. In a 3D show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, who, knew? who knew? But, yeah. but Merlin's death is just beautifully handled. Like, the, he, I probably... I don't know if I expected him to die. Mm -hmm. I definitely didn't expect him to die when he died. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought it was really well done. And I think that the show, how it leaves you is basically all the all the adult characters, all the principal characters who are, are kind of the guardians are all gone at the end, right? 
Merlin's gone. Morgana's definitely gone at this point. The the Green Knight Arthur is gone. Mm. Um, they have all been kind of wiped from the table. The Troll Hunter, Jim as the <laughs> Troll Hunter, is gone. Is gone, right? Yeah. The amulet yeah. is broken. Merlin is gone. They can't make a new amulet. Um, he is gone. Um, so it's really interesting. They they've really left the the cupboard bare per se. Uh, in terms of what's going to happen next. You know, um, mm-hmm. Duxy is on the run with the third elemental... Yeah, um, what's her name? Something. Something. Yeah. I just call her Leaf because she reminds me of the, the <laughs> one from Guardians of the Galaxy, the little leaf girl. Oh, Mantis. Yeah, Mantis. <laughs> <laughs> so she, always, she reminds me of her. Oh, I can I see like that. I can see that. A like yeah. couple of habit or characteristics. Mm-hmm. She's a little fairy. Um, so when... So there's a Troll Hunter movie coming out. Do we yeah. know when... It, it is coming out early 2021. Mm-hmm. Early 2021. And it's going to be straight to Netflix? Would that be? Uh, I would yeah. assume so. So I have a tweet pulled up from Guillermo del Toro. And Perfect. He's, he says, everybody, in all caps, and I mean everybody, comes back 2021 for a big, bold, spectacular feature film that ties every part of the myth. Final Arcadia element, first quarter, 2021. Wait, everyone's coming back. Yeah. Ooh, that makes me nervous. I know, because like, <laughs> you guys are talking about like everybody's yeah. like that sounds dead. like <laughs> that sounds like a twenty that sounds like it needs to be a twenty episode season, not yeah. crushing all these people into two hours. I, I don't think it's gonna bring back <laughs> your majorly dead characters. Like I don't think Marlin's coming back. Yeah. Barring he put in all caps, everybody. Barring a flashback yeah. or anything, especially because it's sure. a goodbye. Merlin and Morgana had to Duxy mm-hmm. at the end of the show. Yeah. I don't think they're coming back. Um, because I think it really is now about Duxy and Jim and Claire mm-hmm. and Toby and the aliens, uh, Krell and Aja, the aliens, right? I think it and Steve I, and okay, Steve and Steve, right? And and <laughs> obviously Steve. the mystery, the <laughs> mystery at the end of the at the end of the show is King Arthur's sword yeah. is in the stone, and so who is going to pull it? Um, obviously they're heavily hinting at Jim being the one that's going to pull it. But With those puny arms, he ain't pulling out shit. But you know, I mean, could it be Steve? Could Steve yeah. be the one? Is that part of his arc with Lancelot and being mm-hmm. kind of cowardly? Is he going to be the one that become you know has gone from inexplicable bully at the beginning of Troll Hunters yeah. to Jim to savior of the entire world to bumbling savior? <laughs> Let's yeah. be honest, he's never he's a bumble he's a he's a bumbling yeah idiot. he's a fool. <laughs> he says butt snack for crying out loud, which is, by the way is a great catchphrase. He's the one that is. Kind of like a descendant of Lancelot, right? Yeah. So it would it make sense be. then that he would be the one to pull the sword out of the stone, like the sword in the stone thing. Could mm. potentially be, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe. We'll see. What about, what happened to, um? because I didn't finish Three Below, what happened to Steve's little nerdy sidekick? So he goes back to, to the, aliens, the right? alien planet with Aja, the sister. And that's why she's not on Earth either. Only mm-hmm. Krell is. Right. Right. Um, okay. Maybe he's the one who pulls out the sword. Uh, uh, yeah. A twist out of left field that you never see. Oh, it could be it could be Audrey because she's like the warrior between the two. Ooh. So that would be interesting. Like I, I am curious to see with the movie, like which arcs are really going to bring in. Who's going to be at the forefront? Yeah. yeah. Uh, who? Which characters are obviously going to have to take a step back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would assume because there's the three shows, it's going to be probably a representative or the main characters from each show. Yeah. You know, is it going to be like Jim and Duxy and Audra and Krell? Or, you know, are Claire and It's going to be everybody. Toby? Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Everybody. It's going to be everybody. And yeah. I mean everybody. You don't, you don't, you don't capitalize everybody unless it's going to be everyone. And honestly, yeah. if that's going to be a movie that wraps the whole thing up, I do want everyone. I do. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know if it's going to be good, but I want it. Mm-hmm. So I have to ask you, Arjuna, was Wizards good? 
Yes, it was, and I would say it's the best of the Tales of Arcadia trilogy. Wow. Yes. Bold words. Sahara, (laughs) was Wizards Tales of Arcadia a good? Yes. I like the way it brought me back to my inner child while still gave me the action that I need as an adult. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Professionally Krishna was Wizards Tales of Arcadia good? It was good. It was (laughs) good. Oh, all my problems with it, I still ha- remind myself, is a children's show. And as a children's mm-hmm. show, it's incredibly good. My God, as a kid, I would have loved this. I think just in the moment of me watching, and again, I think I watched all these episodes by myself. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, wh- Maybe I was in a bad mood this week. <laughs> you know, maybe that's <laughs> maybe, what it was. Yeah. Like, I had problems with everything. Uh, but it was, it was good. But we, sw- we swayed you on two of the three things. You did. I'm, you a- did. I'm impressed. You remind- so yeah. here's, here's why. Uh, for Lovecraft Country, you explained some things that were really confusing and provided a lot of really cool theories. That mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, actually, that's awesome. And for this wizard, you reminded me, what about the show makes it good mm-hmm. and the proper lens to view it through? Yeah. The same way I like Triple Frontier. I do that lens through an action movie on Netflix. And that lens is good. Same thing with this. So, uh, But before we get to, um, we have a, a bit of was it news, let us present or get ready to present our winner for this first was it good custom made mask. Uh Arjuna, uh, are you are you are we ready to select a winner? Have we already selected a winner? Uh to quote um Ozzy Mandeus oh. in Watchmen. <laughs> that's why I pushed the button 30 minutes ago. 30 minutes ago. Wow. <laughs> are you going to give your epically long speech now? Yeah. He's like that's why I pushed it. Wow, okay. So Juna pulled in Ozymandias, and who is our first lucky winner? Our winner on Twitter. You said Twitter, right? Oh, uh, yes, our winner on Twitter. On Twitter for the uh, Was It Good mask is at Nick Dion. Nick Dion? Nick Dion. Congratulations, Nick. Uh, Woo! You have won Woo! the Was It Good mask. We'll be in contact and shipping it to you uh, shortly. Yes, 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 yes. Awesome. Yes, yes. Congratulations, Nick. Uh, and for those of you watching and listening, don't go anywhere because we have one more mask to give away to a lucky winner. Uh, and that will be from our Instagram uh, selection, our Instagram pool, if you will. Uh, but before we get to that, let us dive into some Was It News. Uh, DC Fandom. This is an event that happened uh, that I didn't even know was happening until Ravi started showing me trailer after trailer after trailer. <laughs> and then I asked him, what is up with all this DC stuff just dropping randomly on this day? He's like, it's a DC fandom. So without further ado, let's start off with the big one. The Batman, mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson, Jeffrey Wright. We got a trailer and a pretty substantial trailer at yeah. that. Not a teaser. It's a full trailer. Mm-hmm. What do we think? Really? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, God. I was like, <laughs> shocking. Wow. Okay. Uh, the Batman trailer, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. Yes. It's, it's, it's a lot of caution here mm-hmm. because, you know, I've been alive now for 28 years, <laughs> and I swear to God there's been at least 100 Batman <laughs> in happen. my lifetime. But it feels that <laughs> way yes. for sure. And this just, the trailer looks cool. But I just get Dark Knight vibes mm-hmm. all yes. over. It, yes. it's just, it just seems like it's a remake of a movie from 15 years ago. <laughs> oh, no. It's only 15 years. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is the Batman we need. <laughs> what? You're not going to go but there. But this is the Batman we're getting, I guess. It's the one we deserve right now. <laughs> you know? And, and it's like, okay, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like Christian Bale, I feel like 
I feel like Nolan and Bale, as much as I dislike Christopher Nolan right now, <laughs> Nolan and Christian Bale really nailed the Dark Knight, right? Of the course. Dark Knight iteration of Batman. The the gritty, the origin, the realistic the realistic type of thing, right? And and I get Matt Reeves is going for like this detective movie. I'm like, well, that's what the Dark Knight trilogy did. They had a whole fucking ballistics thing where he he like he like had the wall come out and he mm-hmm. did the the bullet reconstruction like they did the detective thing i'm sorry like it it's been done like the dark knight has been done and this just feels like to me it's like let's let's just update it by 10 years and uh yeah. here's our new uh dark knight movie and he's gritty and he's young and he he's a detective and he's i am vengeance that's a great line it's a good line but i, I don't know i I feel like when you consistently do different iterations of the same franchise, yeah. you have to do something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to have it distinct. As much as people love and hate Ben Affleck's Batman, it is cool and it is different because it's an older Batman, right? It is a it is a Batman who is seasoned yeah. and probably yeah. ne- closer to the end of his career than the beginning, right? But Ben Affleck highlights uh, a fallacy in that way of thinking. Just because it's different doesn't mean it's good. Agree. What if Robert Pattinson is is just like The Dark Knight and it's good? You won't. You're not seriously going to be disappointed by that. Uh, I'm going to if be, it's good. I'm going to be bored by it. Much with like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Yeah. The movies aren't bad. They're not. They're not technically bad movies. They're entertaining. But they the are difference. what they are. Mm-hmm. But they're just cookie cutter and they're boring and, and that's what i feel like the batman could be right i feel like it could just be okay here's what we've gotten before and it's well done but is it innovative is it new is it distinct is it memorable i don't know if it's going to be those things because it's been done right this is like the discussion we go back to spider-man 3 a few weeks ago right yeah. spider-man 3 isn't a great movie but it you know i did say it was good I did say it was good. <laughs> it is a good. Mo- it's a good movie because it's memorable and it's distinct and mm-hmm. it's different. Yeah. Why does Andrew Garfield's Spider Man? Why is that not memorable at all? Flat. Why does it fall flat? Because yeah. it just tries to repeat the same thing, or it does something. You know, he does. They, they do just do something different, but it's yeah, not twitchy, good. twitchy hipster. <laughs> but it's not good. Terrible. Uh, right. Ben, ben Affleck's Batman isn't good. Yeah. But at least it was. They did try something different. Yeah. Well, here's, I, I'm just worried that this is just more of this. Yeah. I so I agree. You you nailed it on the on the on the head. It's cautiously optimistic, and here's mm-hmm. why I'm optimistic: Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, Colin Farrell, Jeffrey Wright, Andy Serkis, John Turturro, Peter Sarsgaard. Uh, that oh, good old Peter. That is. <laughs> And there's there's more as well. This is just what I could screenshot. There, th- this is <laughs> this is this is like an all star lineup. Yeah. Like this cast is, uh, to put it bluntly, is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. What is this? There is so much talent, like right here in this cast. Um, and also, uh, there's gonna be more than one, you know, bad guy. I know Dark Knight did that with uh, Two Face and it mm-hmm. seems it Joker. seems like uh, Paul Dano's the Riddler will right. be the primary villain. At and least then going Conk off of the trailer. The penguin? Yeah. It Genius. <laughs> but it, it, it doesn't it doesn't seem like he's gonna have a major role in the movie. Right. It seems like it's really gonna be about Paul Dano and the Riddler. Mm. Uh, at least from the trailer and kind of the synopses that we have gotten yeah. uh, through it. So Hera, let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. Would you consider yourself a, a DC fan? Um or more of like a me like me with Star Trek. Like uh, I watch it and you know, uh, I enjoy it when I can. Yeah, I would say I lean more to it's like I watch it and I enjoy it, but I'm not 
invested in the DC universe. Sure. Because I feel like I'm more invested in the Marvel's universe where I can like actually recollect the movies and what's going on. Yep. But the DC universe, I'm like, this is great. I'm enjoying it for the two and a half hours or however long they yeah. are. And then I'm like, cool, I'm going to go with my life now. Okay. So, so this Batman, the Batman trailer, mm-hmm. on a scale of one to ten, where are you? I'm at like a five because okay. I love the Dark Knight. I hadn't seen any of the Dark Knight like trilogy movies until the last one came out, and then I binge watched them in the movie theater back to back to back, and it was just such a great cinematic experience. So I was like hardcore into the Dark Knight series. Nice. But like Arjuna said, this looks just like a replica of that. Like even the trailer, it's like the same dark brooding vibes. It's yeah. not fun. It's not unique in any way. The only thing that stood out to me was when Robert Pattinson was like beating up the guy that looked like the Joker. <laughs> he was just like going so hard. Oh, I was like, yeah. wow. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so I'm like, I'm not super excited or stoked. <laughs> but I'm really going to watch it for Zoe Kravitz because she's the yeah. best person and I love her. So I'll support anything she yeah, does. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, real quick, there's the note note here, and uh, Juno's probably going to have to explain this. So the movie is year two, but the HBO show that's coming out is year one. Yeah, so, so what does that refer to? So we had talked previously on this podcast that there was an HBO Max show about Gotham PD, and Matt Reeves, <laughs> the director, kind of opened up about where you know about the bat about the Batman movie and the show and kind of where they take place. So this they refer to this is Batman in year two. Essentially, so yeah. he has been Batman for a full year. That's why he's so young. Yeah. Yes, he's young. We're not seeing an origin. We're not seeing him become Batman. This isn't Batman Begins, but this is almost like the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. This is <laughs> <laughs> he's been Batman for a little bit. Yeah, he's now been has a big for, challenge. Yeah, and now he, this is the big challenge for him. Yeah, what hilarious. to me, th- this is, and this is what's more interesting about the Batman, which is actually the Gotham show we're doing for HBO Max, right? Okay. I know they have done Gotham before for Fox, which is all pre-Batman. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting about this show is it's going to be year one of Batman through the lens of a seasoned detective in the Gotham Police Department. Interesting. They haven't said if Robert Pattinson or even Jeffrey Wright is going to be, you know, Jeffrey Wright is Gordon, uh, Jim Gordon, who eventually becomes commissioner of the Gotham Police Department, played by Gary Oldman in mm-hmm. the Dark Knight series, uh, played by J.K. Simmons in Justice League, uh, played by many actors in many Batman movies because yeah. we've had a million Batman movies. But the HBO show is going to follow a seasoned detective through their eyes as Batman rises and kind of show the changes that happen in Gotham because of the rise of Batman. Mm. And that's kind of interesting. I kind of almost hope the show has little or no, none of Robert Pattinson in it <laughs> because it would be, to me, it'd be fascinating just to see the the impact that the Batman has without the Batman. Absolutely. And, and if the show is, you know, if it's just year one, obviously it's a limited show. Like, you can't have, like, ten seasons in one year. That'd be strange. I mean, uh, Lovecraft is about to do it, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> but, so... You know, I think it's a li- it's a limited scope, it's a limited story, yeah. and it's it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they craft that. I'm actually more excited for the show than I am for the movie. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, especially if the show has similar production values. Has is it going to have Jeffrey Wright? Th- so they haven't announced yet. The like, cast, because okay. Jeffrey Wright is obviously a seasoned actor. Like he's a great actor. He's the best, one of the best parts of Westworld. He's got that Westworld contract. He don't need and, this. Well, <laughs> it's HBO though, so right. it, it, you can. He has that HBO contract. He could just yeah. roll it over into the show. What do you think about? I'm um, being silly, but what do you think about uh, Gotham PD uh, just being another park in Westworld? And that's how you explain Jeffrey Wright being Gordon. That would be incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Sign me up. Nice. Nice. Uh, But yeah, I I think it's an interesting and ambitious project that Mm. they're doing. And I think 
you know, obviously part of it is because of the HBO Max initiative, but I think it could be really cool. I'm curious to see the release, like how they stagger the releases. Like, mm-hmm. is the show going to come out and then the movie comes out? Is the movie coming out first and then the show? Uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be kind of interesting to see um, yeah. how they make it work. Oh, yeah, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, HBO is uh, HBO and Warner Brothers going in some interesting directions. Mm-hmm. Um, let us see. So you guys are actually going to have to help me out completely with the next one because uh, even though Arjuna told me to watch the trailer, I totally forgot. I saw the video game trailers, Juno, but I didn't watch the Wonder Woman 1984 trailer. Sure. So mm-hmm. how was it? How, 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 did you guys like it? I didn't like oh. it. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was cheesy. I don't know. I don't know if it's because I feel like it's because I finally realized what the movie was about. Because I think the first trailer, I was like, okay, she's back in 1984. It's fun vibes. It's the 80s. And she's just like back in time. And I was like, I like this vibe. But then this this new trailer that just released kind of showed me more. Because I don't look into like the articles and all the buzz about movies. I just watch the you don't pull You don't pull in Arjuna. Yeah, so exactly. Healthy. Healthy. <laughs> Very healthy. I'm right here. Yeah. So I feel like I was just taught more about what this was going to be about and what is it Kristen Wiig isn't it and yeah. she's the villain I was like I don't like that casting choice and I think it's just a weird commentary of like something that like trended on Twitter a little while ago of like pretty privilege because it's like girls like you get away with so much more than girls like me and I thought that was just like cheesy and I don't know why this movie's being made cheesy <laughs> Nice. But yeah, so I think this made me less excited about the movie than the first trailer did. Mm. If Ravi was here right now, and I have to do him justice because I'm sitting in his chair and Mm -hmm. trying to be him. Justice. uh, He would say the movie is being (laughs) made because girl power. Like, uh, that's literally what he would say. He would be like, this this is a political agenda behind this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Instead of making it organic, you kind of, kind of like how you referenced with, you know, having uh, black characters on television. Instead of like just making them organic black characters, it's like, because we have a mandate to do it, we have yeah. inserted yeah, yeah. this into this. Uh, you know, I kind of echo Sahara on the on the trailer. the the first The first nineteen eighty Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four trailer is really stylistic. It's to Blue Monday, mm-hmm. really well done, really yeah. great trailer. Absolutely for like yeah. trailer like trailer nerds like myself loved it. <laughs> you know, you are a trailer. Uh, this second one got a lot of bad buzz because <laughs> the rendering on the cheetah because Kristen Wiig is playing cheetah oh right uh, oh. looks a lot I know a lot of people made this joke on social media looks a lot like the cats uh, rendering oh no uh, <laughs> it does look like a really bad makeover yeah it, it oh, doesn't God. it doesn't look great and uh, you know one of the biggest issues I had with the original Wonder Woman is that final act it's that climax between Wonder Woman and Ares it's just horribly rendered. It's just not great. It is again weirdly casted. Yeah. yeah, that was bad. That was, <laughs> that was a bad casting weird. too. Um, so I feel like what made Wonder Woman great was Gal Gadot. Was a lot of the development, and I hope that's what this movie is about too. Yeah, I was always weary about this sequel though because they did bring back Chris Pine and like, oh, he's alive now, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, he's. Unless you're completely just throwing continuity out, which, you know, they might be. Because it's he, DC. You can do that. Yeah, he is. Because <laughs> he is dead by the time Justice League rolls around. And we were told that this is in the same line as Justice yeah. League. And he is clearly dead in the present day. Uh, I'm just curious to see how they reconcile that he's alive and then they're going to have to kill him again. Maybe <laughs> or make him disappear. Yeah, somewhere. maybe I'm looking yeah. too deeply into this. But it does irritate me that they're bringing him back simply because... This movie is being billed, and this is by the people who are making the movie, as like female empowerment. 
girl power. And by bringing Chris Pine back, it, it, the message to me is that this movie can't survive without a strong male lead. Mm-hmm. Right? They're, the reason they're putting him back is to make sure that the people who went to see the movie for Chris Pine, the first one, come back for the movie. To me, that just defeats... Uh, like I said, I could be reading too much into it. No, I, totally I see am. that. I agree with that. Yeah. It's like, why bring him back if it is about women empowerment? Yeah. But then I also don't think, like you said, they don't need to force that narrative so much because she's a female superhero. She's already badass in her own right. So right. you don't have to also build something around her because she's a woman. Like right. She just is yeah. badass because she's badass. She's like. an Amazon, an immortal Amazon. And, and, yeah. it, and, it feels, and it feels lazy because even in this trailer, and you saw it in the first trailer a little bit, is they're just inversing the role, their roles from the first one, right? Mm-hmm. She's the fish out of water. She's learning how to work in society. Yeah. Now he's the fish out of water in the 80s, right? Like, oh, he's like, you know, everything is art. And he goes up to a trash can. He's like, oh, that's just trash. And then in this trailer, he's like, he's like I'm the best pilot. Like, they can't find me. And she's like, oh, I forgot to tell you about Radar, you know? So now he's the fish out of water. He's the person that's kind yeah. of blinded. And to me, that just feels like lazy writing. It's like, oh, okay, this worked really well, like the fish out of water elements. Now yeah. we can inverse it. And now she's the one that is more familiar and he's kind of the one that's out of place, the man out of time. Yeah. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. By the Ooh, way, like man, the man out of time trope we've seen in Marvel movies with Captain America. He is literally Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, like I said, we are inferring a lot from a trailer. Maybe mm-hmm. the movie itself will be better, but well, no, yeah. this movie is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving right along, okay. So this next one's a doozy: uh, Justice League Snyder Cut. We got a full trailer to the to a song from the Watchmen movie. Uh, the infamous, the infamous song that was used for a sex scene. Yes, in the Watchmen <laughs> really? movie. I'm not yes. gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I loved it. The sex scene or the trailer? <laughs> well, the trailer. And maybe the sex scene, too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> or am I? Uh, <laughs> um, the reason I liked it so much is because they're playing to the only strength Zack Snyder has, which is, to me, Watchmen. Watchmen is, in my opinion, the best movie he's ever made. Easily. There's not even a debate. Some people opinion. might say 300 because that create a whole style of uh. movie. You know, maybe. Um it doesn't. That doesn't matter to me. Go, go back and watch three hundred. Go I back agree, and watch three hundred. It's terrible. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I, I. I totally agree. Um, so to me, uh, it got me excited because I love Watchmen so much. Yeah. And they're drawing. And it wasn't just the music choice. The longer, the longer takes. The over dramatic, uh, you know, shots of characters, which tells me the idea that perhaps they're reissuing this movie to spend more time on character development which is what what makes Watchmen so good. We really got to see these like ideologies of these characters, mm-hmm. the six characters in Watchmen. I'm like, well, maybe they're going to dive more into this, like where each of these characters are coming from and why they're different from each other, right? Instead of, oh, we're the Justice League and we fight evil. We're all the same. You don't want that. We want to see, you know, what makes each of these people different and why their differences when they come together work as a team. Come together. Uh, so I, I, I personally loved it. Um, kind of like the Batman, it makes me cautiously optimistic, which in turn makes me sick. Um, because let's be honest, it is still DC. But what did you guys think, Sarah? Did you get? Did you see this? First yeah. of all, have you seen Justice League? No. You're lucky. I don't think I have. Wow. So yeah, you, you but avoided seen, a disaster. But I've seen the individual movies. Like, I saw the Aquaman movie. Mm. I saw, like, Wonder Woman. I've seen, like, all the individual movies that kind of made this trailer. (laughs) And I don't think I've... If I did see Justice League, it must have been horrible because I have no memory of it. It came out three years ago in 2017? I'm going to go with no. Yeah. 
Gonna go with yeah. a no. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go with no. I haven't seen it, and this trailer looked interesting. But I again, since I haven't seen Justice League and I'm not really invested in the Justice League, like I didn't watch the shows growing up or anything about that. Read the comics. Yeah. Um, I don't care too much about it but i do like the individual heroes that make up the justice league like i love wonder woman i love aquaman mm. um and i don't know who else. actually that's the only two yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like those there's two batman, there's the flash superman, there's batman the flash, superman yeah cyborg Sports oh yeah cyborg. cyborg's cool i like cyborg yeah um but what this trailer made me want to do is just rewatch the movies so that i'm ready okay. <laughs> for this All super right. cut uh, I I would I would I would almost be like you're gonna have to you know swallow the bullet and watch the original Justice League, Justice League which yeah. which is horrendous. Uh, I, was I refuse. It. I refuse to watch it. I, I'm watch it I'm me. going to because <laughs> I want to remember. I want to remember. See the, the pain, differences. And I want to see the differences. Mm-hmm. I remember I was watching um, Justice League in the theaters. Ravi was sitting right next to me, and I swear to God, every 15 minutes he would get, he would mumble this this choking sound in his throat and like <laughs> jerk in his chair like i thought he was gonna just get up and walk out i really thought he was gonna Please. walk out. honestly I, i'll be honest i have there's never been a more boring movie i've seen in theaters than wow. justice League. it was it was really? it was two hours on the dot yeah and it felt, it felt like, like it was like a hundred hours yeah. it, it was just it felt that sounds horrible. so long and painful i'm like speaking of the length they're doing a very interesting rollout for this movie. We don't know all the details yet, but allegedly, it's been reported, not allegedly, it's been reported that it's going to be four hours total and it's going to be released as four one-hour episodes on HBO Max. Yeah. First of all, what do we think of that? And two, uh, do we know or do we think they're going to drop this all at once or is this going to be a weekly, like a mini-series almost, mm-hmm. like over a month? I wonder if it'll be like a mini series, like maybe two one day and then two the next day or something. Mm. Maybe make it like a two day event. Um, I think it being four hours kind of lets us know that obviously it's double the length of the original movie. Right? Yeah. So this is not the exact same movie. Thank we, God. We do know Apocalypse is going to play a role in this movie. Um, I was talking to uh, a friend of the podcast, uh, TD, this morning, and we talked about how Justice League was originally. A two-part movie. Yeah. And because it was a two-part movie, you have to wonder if they did film both parts when the movie initially came out, and they basically shelved the second mm-hmm. half, and that's essentially the this extended cut that we're getting. Um, Schneider also talked about how his original vision of the movie, um, the through character or the main character of the movie is actually Cyborg. He's the emotional center of the movie. You're kind. Of, he's the point of view character. He's the character that you start out with. You're, he's the character you see transform into Cyborg, and he's kind of the emotional center of it. So, you know, he's the character that obviously hasn't had any solo movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he had um, a lot of reduced screen time in the final cut we did see. Yeah, it's gonna that. be it's gonna be interesting to see like if how that works and everything. One, one spoiler I did see in the trailer that kind of made me mad. Uh, you see his dad, Cyborg's dad, die in the trailer, yeah. which is very different from the Justice League movie because he's alive at the end of that yeah. movie. He doesn't just die, by the way. He dies the exact same way that um, the guy who comes, Dr. Manhattan, dies. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, is inside that reactor thing, and it's almost the exact same... Like special effects. Wow, it's <laughs> like Watchmen. Zack Snyder directed. It's like movies. Zack Snyder <laughs> doesn't know what he's fucking uh, doing. I'm but I mean, that so he's in the he's in the containment field with a mother box, That's which what is what is. gives Cyborg his powers. Right. So, you know, I am interested to see the differences. Like, is the first two hours going to be similar with some different plot lines and different takes? Obviously, used. 
Um, and then the other two hours are just completely different. Like, yeah. I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think cautious optimism is the way to go. Um, so moving right along, Suicide Squad cast was revealed in a little sort of, not a, not a trailer, but like a reveal video. Yeah. Uh, so what do we think? We've got, obviously, we've got Margot Robbie uh, reprising her role as Harley Quinn. Uh, she was fantastic. She was, yeah. she was the only good part of Suicide Squad. It, well, Krishna, everyone knows the best part of that movie is when Will Smith gets on croc. top of the car and he's shooting his gun. Actually, that and was it's cool. Slow motion. <laughs> I was like, man, this movie's cool. And then it just was really bad. That was a good. Po- that actually was a good scene. I, it's the only scene from that movie I remember. It's memorable. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's it's. Um, but we also have uh, we have John Cena. Um, correct me. I don't know the character he's playing, but uh, is it Captain something? I'm going to pull up... Uh, uh, oh, gonna he pull plays up what Peacemaker. He's Peacemaker, thank you. Um, yeah. So we've got John Cena. We've got uh, Idris Elba. Idris Elba's coming in as... Bloodsport. Mm-hmm. Is that like Deadshot's brother? A convicted <laughs> felon armed with the most weapons out of any character in the film who was serving time in prison for shooting Superman with a bullet made of kryptonite. That's very eerily similar to Deadshot, I feel. <laughs> I, wonder why, why, I wonder why. That's why his name is Bloodsport. Yeah, Bloodsport. It's literally yeah. like an inversion of... Of dead shot. Yeah. Dead blood. Sport shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not perfect. Um, those are the only characters I'm thinking of right now. Who else is in this uh, So r- returning is like uh, Joel Kinnaman as yeah. Rick Flagg. Uh, Viola Davis is returning as Amanda Waller. She was uh, Jai Courtney is returning as uh, Captain Boomerang. Uh, then you have newcomers like Pete Davidson as Blackguard. That's yeah. so you wild. Have, you have Doctor <laughs> Who veteran um, Peter Capaldi coming in as... Um, uh, the Thinker, you have uh, Sean Gunn, who infamously uh, motion captures Rocket mm. in the Guardians of the Galaxy, ah. playing a char- motion capturing for a character called Weasel. What the hell? <laughs> this is James Gunn directing this movie too, right? Yeah, Taika yeah. Waititi is voicing a character in this yes. movie. Nice. Uh, Nathan Fillion is coming in as the arm fall-off boy. What? Um, the armed fall-off boy? Was that a band? Maybe. It's like Fallout Boy, but Fall Off Boy. It's like, you know, their arch nemesis. Nemesis. Uh so the cast the cast is interesting. Um the, the from what we've seen, it, it looks like it was fun to make. Uh James Gunn is definitely throwing up a middle finger to Marvel, saying this is, you know, the biggest superhero movie I've ever worked on. Mm-hmm. Like he, he could not be more subtle about how much he is you know, elbowing Marvel on the way out, joining DC. Well, he is going back to Marvel to make Guardians 3, remember? Wait, really? Oh, yeah. yeah, that was announced months ago. Oh, my God. We talked about it on this podcast. So, I'm confused. Is he is he trying to create a bidding war? Like, what? what is his... No, he he's, he's doing the Suicide Squad, and, and then after this, he's doing Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Well, what about his comments in that very video where he's like, clearly is shading all the Marvel movies that he's worked on? Well, I mean, you know, he could do whatever he wants. Can he? Yeah, why not? Yeah, you're right. He probably can. Uh, let's move right along. The Flash. With some th- the Flash news here. Ben Affleck, Arjuna's favorite Batman. <laughs> I didn't say that. Uh, is returning as Batman. So, first of all, what the fuck? How many Batman do we have running around right now? I'm okay. honestly so annoyed that there are <laughs> yes. multiple Batmans right now. Because I'm like, are these the same? Is this the same universe? If it's still I, the same I don't want to pat myself on the back. You but if it. you go back yeah. just a couple months on this podcast, <laughs> I said this was going to happen. Yes, you did. And it is. And I'm you excited. <laughs> Literally, Warner Brothers is like, you did say it's a good Warner thing. Brothers said, fuck it. Yeah. Marvel's all about continuity. 
we're going to be not about continuity. <laughs> we're going to do whatever the hell we want to do. Yeah, fuck and that's it. exactly what they're doing, and I love it. Bring in Christian Bale. Bring in, <laughs> bring in Val Kilmer. Bring in. Is Michael Keaton playing a role in this Flash movie? By the way, yes, he is. So uh, there you go. Is he playing what older, older he's, Batman? He's playing Batman. older Bruce Wayne. He is playing and could potentially then be spun off into doing Batman Beyond at some point. So yes. wait, how is he? How can he play older Bruce Wayne if Ben Affleck's in it? Multiverse. There's multiple Batman. Oh, it's Flashpoint. Yes. Duh. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Multiple, oh, right. multiple, multiple universes, multiple different iterations That's pretty of fantastic, Batman. Actually. Yeah, literally just just say fuck it and yeah, do it. Go get Bring Val in Kilmer. Will Arnett as Lego Batman. Why not? <laughs> Why don't you just make things look strange and have Lego pieces running around? Wait, so like like Flash? First of all, the character. Let's just back up a little bit. The actor who plays the Flash. Ezra Miller. Is he playing the Flash? Mm-hmm. Is is he out of jail? Is he in jail? He did. No beat one up knows. Someone. No one knows. He, the yeah. last he was seen, he was choking someone. <laughs> And no one. It's not funny. I'm sorry. No one so knows wild. where he is. Yeah, he just kind of like fell off the face of the earth after that video. He lost his mind and then lost. His, so himself. he should play the Joker. Is what you're saying? <laughs> Actually, you know what? He could do it. <laughs> I bet Ezra Miller could do it. Uh, Isn't Ezra he in a band? Probably. Yeah. I think Jared, he, I Jared think Leto's he, in a band. Arcade Fire. Is that not him? I don't know. No. no Ezra that, Miller. Oh, maybe. You know what? No, Ezra Miller lives on a farm. That's all I know about him personally. He's he's a strange guy. We don't yeah. know if it, he oh, is. Oh, yeah, the sons of illustrious the, father. So first off, the Flash movie has been delayed <laughs> at least 100 million times. Uh, and this is the, the last few months, the stream of news has been kind of the most traction the movie has gotten. The director did confirm Affleck is coming back. But apparently before he signed on, he looked at the script and signed off on a few things, potentially made a few changes. Who knows? He might be getting a writing credit uh, on this movie. (laughs) But it is shocking because it seemed definitively, you know, as of a few weeks ago that Affleck was completely done with DC. But this brings up my next convoluted theory. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. With with the way that DC is trending right now, they are on top of the world. They are green Are they? They, well, in their minds. They are greenlighting <laughs> every single project possible. <laughs> you want a Zack Snyder cut? You got a Zack Snyder oh, that's cut. That's true, actually. If I, I'm telling you, right, because we heard it for a few months ago, right, that Henry Cavill is coming back to the DCEU after yeah. it seemed oh, yeah. he was done. Ben Affleck is now coming back, right? Uh, Gal Gadot has been si- is signed on for a while. Jason, uh, Momoa. Jason Momoa is signed yeah. on for a while. If wow, Jason Momoa and Zoe Kravitz are in the DC universe now. Exactly, yes. Oh, shoot. So that means we have to get Lenny and uh, Lisa Bonet. You might as well. Make it a family <laughs> affair at this point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So here's the thing, right? If the Justice League Schneider cut does well, I swear to God, they're <laughs> continuing with those lines. They're having the new lines. They're having the parallel lines. They're having the perpendicular lines. They should do that anyway. Whether it does well or not, they should definitely lean all the way in. I think, I think Warner Brothers is setting up to do their own cinematic version of Crisis, where they have... What basically the Arrowverse did last winter? Oh God! With like every single iteration, is all these characters, you know, combining universes and stuff. They're going to do a cinematic version of that. They're going to try. They're going to try and have the Schneider cut out. They're doing all these different lines. They're prepping. Are we? Are we including <laughs> Joker? Are we including like you know the Joker movie? Are we including? I think they're going to the get, Batman movie. I think they're going to get as many people as possible. They're going to try and bring back Bale. They're going to try and bring back everybody. Everybody that's ever done anything in the set. They're going to bring back the Brandon Roth Superman. Oh six. Yes. version they're gonna bring in nicholas cage's superman test they're gonna bring what? In, they're gonna bring in everything nicholas cage has a superman test out there google google nicholas cage superman. I, I, I won't right now but uh, and you'll see does low know this yeah absolutely <laughs> uh she it, broke the news it's, go- it's 
this is this is what they're 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 waiting for. Uh, they're being the anti Marvel. Yeah, they've always wanted to be the opposite of Marvel, right? Yeah. When they started, like, oh, Marvel's funny. We're gonna be dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Marvel does set up movies for for big uh, team up movies. We're gonna do big team up movies and a few solo movies. Yeah. <laughs> that was literally their idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now they're like, oh, Marvel's all about continuity. Well, we're not about yeah, continuity. Yeah. Fuck continuity. Fuck continuity. Yeah. Uh, it's also funny with. The Flash movie, including all of these cameos from like previous versions outside the DCU, um, the Marvel version of that is Doctor Strange. Yeah, they're trying to, you know, they're bringing in Tobey Maguire as the previous Spider-Man. They're bringing in all these other pre, you know, they're allegedly trying to get Hugh Jackman as Wolverine mm. to appear in it. So, wow. oh boy, Marvel and DC become this like pissing contests. So remember. In 2016, Batman versus Superman. Oh, superhero versus superhero. So what does Marvel do? Oh, Captain America Civil War. Superhero versus superhero. Oh, then DC did Wonder Woman, a female-led movie. So what does Marvel do? Oh, Captain Marvel, female-led superhero yeah. movie. You know, so they, they're just trying to do all of these different... Yeah. They're always trying to just one-up each other. You got to love it. I, it this, happens, this happens in every single industry, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I mean, I can't think... Like, who was Apple? Apple, Microsoft. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. You know, Digimon, Pokemon. Yeah. No, uh, those didn't. That doesn't. That's not a good <laughs> Ice cream fro-yo. Cookies, brownies. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> uh, actually, so it's interesting. You said, you, said uh, you made a good point that the DC was trying really hard to be dark. And it sounds like there's a sequel out there that's going to try and go back to that original vision of DC. Aquaman 2 wants to be allegedly less comedic and more horror, have more horror elements. Mm -hmm. What do we feel about that? Can that work? Can a, a movie that you know should take place underwater? <laughs> does it make sense to have it be scary? I, I would think say so. yes. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Would you would you sign on to see Jason Momoa in a horror flick? Totally, a hundred percent. No, but I think it's like the perfect place for it to be scary because what, like seventy percent of the, the ocean is unknown, ninety percent. Mm. So it's like they can pull in shit that doesn't even exist, honestly. Yeah. And they can just make it horror. And I I love horror. So you I'm do. definitely into this. You do. And and the director James Wang uh is, Oh, is that's who it is. Yeah, he he's basically all horror, right? He directed Saw, he's directed Insidious, <gasps> conducted The Conjuring. Saw. He's directed and the Conjuring? He's directed The Nun. He's directed Annabelle Comes Home. Okay, I've watched all uh, of these. And then and then in the middle of that, he has Aquaman and Furious 7. What the Honestly, fuck? he's got a great <laughs> list. He's got, a, he's, got a, he's got a crazy <laughs> resume. I yeah. mean, what it's can not, we say? It's not just crazy. <laughs> It's insane. Yeah, I support this guy. Yeah. So and he's, what he's doing. So he's and you saw some horror elements in the first Aquaman, especially when they bit. go to like the deep. You have those kind of creepy looking fish. As Ivy would know? say, the CGI yeah. was so bad that I didn't care about any of those. things. Yeah, it was so the CGI was so horrifying. <laughs> You no. were scared. No, it was just <laughs> bad. Funny. Uh, Ravi, you might have been scared. I guess since I'm Ravi, yes, I was terrified. Um, <laughs> speaking of CGI and really bad effects, we got a <laughs> teaser for Black Adam. And does anyone else get the impression that this thing was created on PowerPoint? Because what the <laughs> fuck was that? Well, it's just concept art, right? They can't uh, yeah. film right now. It was concept art that was animated. <laughs> like, what the fuck? It was. It's yeah. what you can do. It's what you can do. No, I, I understand. With The Rock's cool voiceover. The the Vox voiceover this was incredible, yeah. and this felt this feels like the Scorpion King five. Yes, <laughs> I love The Rock, so I'm super stoked about this. But then I didn't told me that it was like related somehow to Shazam, which I yes. hated. It's completely directly related. Yeah. they wear the same costume. There's different uh -oh. colors. He's he's, a, he he's the original Shazam. Yeah, That's so I'm hoping this gets better. And this is like the great Shazam, <laughs> and then the little kid who's playing Shazam now, and the weird dude is like bad. 
So I'm like, I have all faith in the Rock. I mean, right I, now. I don't think Zachary Levi and Shazam is going to appear in the Black Adam movie. I this first never one, say at least. Never. No, I don't think it's going to happen in the first one. Mm. The, obviously, they're they going to, to interact at some point because yeah. they are iconically tied. Mm-hmm. And I think the Rock even teased that. He wants to beat down on Henry Cavill Superman because um, Black Adam and Superman go at it a few times. Mm. So those crossovers are inevitably going to happen. Like you, The Rock, you don't sign a guy like The Rock to do one movie. He's going to do at least 100 movies for DC. Yeah. Um, so it's going to happen. I don't mm. think you're going to see in this first movie because they really do want to establish The Rock and Black Adam mm-hmm. and everything. Right. And maybe he can elevate Shazam for people that didn't like it. Maybe like you didn't like it, Sarah. Really? Yeah. Shazam, uh, I, th- I, I enjoyed a lot. I was so bored. I didn't even finish the movie. And I was on a plane ride. Wow, you don't like children. I do. <laughs> I just didn't like this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just don't like those kids. Yeah, no, but those I'm super kids. stoked for Black Adam just because okay. it's The Rock and I watch anything The Rock is in. Sure. Like, Can ever you since I was a kid. smell? Yeah. yeah, we would literally watch like <laughs> WWF like with dinner when wow. I was a kid. So I'm like a Rock fan. Wow, we watched Hercules and Xena with dinner, so. Yeah. That's cool. Do, 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 the Rock, do, 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 the Rock do. is so big, literally and figuratively, that he's his own brand at this point. So yeah. that makes sense. He's a complete brand. He's huge. But let me, but let me ask you this though: if if Black Adam doesn't get you on board for Shazam two, mm-hmm. will Shazam's two title get you on board? Do you know what is Shazam's two title? Shazam two, Fury of the Gods. Bam. Ah. Actually, doesn't that sound like that's going to have Black Adam in it? That, that you know, that yeah. totally sounds like it's going to have Black Adam. It, it totally sounds like it should be like a showdown between Black Adam and Superman. In fact, this is what Shazam 2 should be. Black Adam and Superman are fighting, and Shazam's like trying to get in there, but he doesn't because he's just a loser. He's a bitch. Is this I'm, DC? Yes, this is all DC. This is so all since DC, it's the yeah. fear of the gods, Ares has to come back, right? And then Wonder Woman's no, gonna come. No, no, no. I think so. No, please no. Yes. No more Ares. We want He's it. dead. We want this weird. No, we don't need Ares. Professor Lupin coming back. <laughs> oh man, Lupin. No, but I don't know. If Black Adam is in it, I'll probably watch it. But if it's just the same like Shazam mm. cast with no one enticing and intriguing and someone that I like no in it, rock. I won't watch it. No Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, no yeah. Zoe Kravitz. I'm not in. All right, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman. She's definitely a god. <laughs> oh man. I mean, to all me. right. Let's sprint through the rest of this DC news. Uh, Static Shock, uh, a fan favorite, is uh, is getting a new comic and a new movie. Question mark. So these are both rumored. Uh, correct. Nothing is set yeah. in stone. No, no. The, the comic is happening. The comic is. The happening. comic is okay. definitively happening. They are looking to continue to develop a script um, for Static Shock and move that kind of forward um, mm-hmm. in the DC stable of movies. Uh, I think the question here would be who, who should play Static Shock? Who? Uh, there's been a long-standing industry rumor that when Will Smith signed on to be in the Suicide in Suicide Squad, he put a provision in his contract that. Uh, Jaden Smith would play Static, static Shock or a live action Robin. Oh, oh are, that's interesting. Yeah, he would play one. He would play an iconic DC character mm-hmm. with m- many people leaning it to being Static Shock. Um, I I guess Jaden was probably a fan growing up because he, he, when he was a kid, that was show was on um, WB. Right. right. Um, I actually don't think Jaden as Static Shock would be a horrible choice. I can personally. see it. Um, Granted, I haven't seen Jaden act in yes. a long time. Yes. The last movie I saw him in was in After Earth, and yes. that is a 
disaster of a movie. To say that <laughs> yeah. it leaves a bad taste in your mouth is a horrible understatement. <laughs> what a, I couldn't get through the first 45 That's minutes. That's right. We watched it together and yeah, you left. I, I, I couldn't. Yeah. I just couldn't. Uh, so Static Shock, that's exciting. A lot of people our age who mm-hmm. watched Static Shock um, as kids would be very excited for that. So that's yeah. something to keep an eye on. Just I'm going to throw in. Go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do you have a... Yeah. Yes. I want John Boyega in this. Oh. I want him to be Static Shock. John Boyega. I think John is too old. Because uh, Static, so? Static is normally a high schooler. Oh, yeah. I see. I don't know anything about Static Shock. But, but John Boyega should play someone in the movie. I think he needs to be... A superhero. In a, every movie. I mean, he's he wanted so to be. He wanted yeah. to be in the MCU. Uh, he wanted to be Blade, but they cast. Uh, they cast Mahershala as Blade. I mean, well, okay. I mean, Mahershala is. It's if a fantastic. It's not John Boyega. It's a fantastic. It's a fantastic choice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, I think Boyega would do really well in one of these superhero type of movies, so and especially because he. Basically but it's got to be. It's got to be the right one. It mm-hmm. can't be. It can't. We can't have another cookie Disney? cutter. <laughs> Someone who, you know, it, it has to be a role that allows his flair to come out because yeah. he is so charismatic. He is. I've, I've said this for a while now. If they allowed Finn to be more like real life John Boyega, those movies are 100% better. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, there would be so much more entertaining. You see, you see a peak of the charisma in Force Awakens, which is why people get got excited, mm-hmm. and then it just yeah. disappears. Yeah, it's gone. Mm-hmm. It just, it's gone. Got, it He's definitely away. one of my yeah. favorite like people to follow on Twitter. If you're not following John Boyega, yeah. follow him and follow Was It Good. His roast, <laughs> thank you. Oh, look at that. Look at that professional tease. His roast of uh, Disney Star Wars fandom. Yeah. It's next level every single time. Yeah, uh, I, uh, he handles it with such such manly grace. Yeah, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, I love, love it. it. Uh, real quick, a couple of video games. We have a sewer squ- uh, Suicide Squad video game. Uh, very interesting. It looks like uh, spoiler alert. They are going to be f- trying to assassinate Superman, or at least hunt him down, apprehend him. Um, so that looks fun. And then we have Gotham Knights. Uh, which is uh, Bruce Wayne is dead, and his protégés, everyone from, we've got Robin, Nightwing, Batwoman, and Red Hood. I think so. Which is, Red Hood is the left field one, isn't, I always thought Red Hood was not a protégé. He's more of a abomination. He's like, a, he's like a villain, and he's an anti-hero in some things. I thought he was just twisted. Um, do you remember? Uh, do you remember the... Uh, anime Batman movie we watched a few years ago, uh, Batman, um, what's it called? Batman Samurai? Oh, yeah. So remember, like, Red Hood is in a little bit of that? Yeah. Like, there's a Red Hood version. Um, so he is... He, he, Isn't he, like, mentally insane? He's kind of good. He's kind of bad, you know? Yeah. There's some redeeming quality. There's some redeeming comics to him. It depends on how they take the... Yeah. Because he, get, he, get, he gets real dark. Yeah. It's Todd, right? Todd? Yeah. Is that... Like... The only version I know him in is the really bad version. I think that the Joker like makes him, yeah, by doing really bad stuff to him, right. which is like torturing him because it's Robin, right? And then he tortures him, and then uh, yeah. he becomes Red Hood, right? And it's really fucked up. Yeah, yeah. that's the version I like. So it's it's just confusing to see him running around with the three goody two shoes, <laughs> Nightwing, Robin, and Batwoman. Mm-hmm. You know, well, we'll, we'll see. So Side Squad, as it looks, uh, that game looks intriguing. We only saw, I think, cinematic. Yeah. Um, you know, it looks very much in the same vein as sort of the movie. We've got these characters who don't, you know, they're clearly mentally unstable and they're interacting with each other and they're working together, uh, you know, to carry out Amanda Waller's bidding um, to reduce their prison sentences. And lo and behold, at the very end, they run into who they're trying to uh, apprehend 
and it's it's uh, evil Superman. Juno, you had an interesting take on evil Superman. Yeah, I'm gonna reiterate what a lot of people <laughs> said. Computer says, "Can no. we just stop with the fucking evil Supermans? We saw it in <laughs> Justice League. We saw it in the Injustice video games. Uh, we just keep seeing it. It was in Supergirl, like season two. Mm. Like evil Superman is just so overdone in the last five years. For sure, it, it's like almost every version of Superman has been evil yeah. at one point or another." And uh, why? Like we we can just do like, very simple. Like, but it's okay if you want to be different with Superman. Yeah, be more creative than like Superman goes bad. <laughs> <laughs> He's under someone's yeah. control. Yeah, uh, I I 100% agree with you. The problem with Superman is that he's always been a cheat code. Mm -hmm. So it's like unless you're weakening him significantly with kryptonite. Or you're presenting a really powerful bad guy, which most of our other characters don't stand a chance against. Or he goes bad. What else can you do with him? You know what I'm saying? Like, the creators of Superman really painted the whole universe into a corner when they created him. Because he's essentially a walking, flying god on Earth. Mm -hmm. Until he is presented with one element in the that doesn't even exist on the periodic table. Mm -hmm. Because it's not from our planet. So... I, I, I'm curious, you know, that's not, these aren't games I want to buy necessarily, but I would love a Juno, Ravi, or Sahara to buy them and play them and tell me if it's worth buying or not, or yeah. renting or borrowing. Krishna, you should buy them, so you tell me if it's worth buying. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, real quick, uh, we've got uh, four more things on Was It News. We're going to sprint through these uh, before we announce our uh, Instagram winner for this lovely Was It Good custom-made mask. Um, Olivia Wilde to direct a Spider-Woman movie. So two very surprising pieces of news. Uh, Olivia Wilde uh, joining with Disney to create a movie and a Spider-Woman movie. Uh, actually, everything about that was surprising. Uh, what do we know and what do we think? Well, so Olivia Wilde uh, made a directorial debut with, I think it was her directorial debut with Booksmart, which came out last year. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Last summer. Great movie. Great. Uh, great. So funny. Um, really funny. A lot of people call it the female version of Superbad. Mm -hmm. I call it the better version of Superbad. Wow. Um, it, it's just, it's a great movie. If Superbad's all about like fart jokes and like two dudes, this is. Like a, just a smarter comedy, honestly. Nice, uh, and it, it's uh, really well done. Mm. Um, so I, I think that's a good fit, and a, a Spider Woman movie would be interesting, especially it's. I think specifically with Sony, it's in that Spider Verse mm -hmm. that's kind of like adjunct to the MCU, but not part of the MCU, but maybe part of the MCU. So I guess we'll see how it all fits. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I'm into a Spider Woman. Yeah, I didn't know there was a Spider Woman. Yeah, Spider Woman so. is like the well. Much less popular Spider-Man. Yeah, because yes. I feel like everyone I else Wonder, Wonder Woman, Catwoman, Superwoman, <laughs> yeah. or Supergirl, whoever. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever really heard of a Spider-Woman before. Yeah. The, uh, the most popular version of Spider- like female version of Spider-Man is Spider-Gwen, who's yeah. in Into mm. the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And she's not Spider-Woman. Right. It's Spider-Gwen. Spider-Gwen. Um, yeah. But Spider-Woman's been around longer, and it's just... I forget. Like, There's been a few different versions, but she's never really caught on popularity-wise. Yeah. But maybe the movie changes that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll maybe see. Olivia Wilde can be the one. That's true. Will Smith and Kevin Hart are teaming up for a <laughs> remake of an oldie but a goodie, Planes, yeah. Trains, and Automobiles. Yes. What do we think? Oh, that's why we think. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I haven't even seen the original Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, but I've heard good things, and like my parents <laughs> yeah. like it. It's a classic. Uh, I'm pretty young, so I guess I haven't watched it. Yeah. But I'm You're down for young. Will Smith and Kevin Hart. I'm super young. No. <laughs> I'm barely in my mid-20s. You're in exactly your mid-20s. <laughs> barely in your mid-20s. I know. Damn. No, but honestly, I love Kevin Hart, 
and I love Will Smith, and I'm excited to see them both in comedic roles because I love Will Smith the most when he's just being funny. Absolutely. The my, best Will Smith. My is question is, who plays the Steve Martin role and who plays the John Candy role? Who plays the quote-unquote straight man, you know, the serious guy, and who plays the funny man? Oh, my because God. Because obviously, mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. they both could actually do both. either. Yeah. But Will Smith is probably, at this point in their careers, yeah. I think Kevin Hart has to play the funny, and Will Smith should play... The straight, mm-hmm. which is ironically funny, like right. he, yeah. I, I think he would do it better than Kevin Hart. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Because yeah. I've seen Kevin Hart do like a serious role um, when he I forgot the name of that movie, The Upside, I think, mm. where he's helping the man who becomes a paraplegic. Oh, That's Brian right. Cranston. Right. Yeah, yeah, Brian yeah, Cranston. Yeah. yeah, so he can do a serious role, but I think he just thrives in the funny, funny part. So. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I that's how it's gonna go. Um, this, uh, this is, I feel like this has been rumored, but maybe now it's confirmed. There's no Lawrence Fish, uh, Fishburne in Fishbourne. Fishbourne, right? Fishbourne. Fishburne. It is Fishburne? Fishburne, Fishburne. in Matrix 4. Yeah. He con- Highly disappointing. He confirmed it. He said, well, now this could be, this could be an actor lying and like it's a surprise cameo or it's a yes. surprise in the movie. Yes. But he said he's not been asked. No one's reached out to him and he wishes them all the best. Oh, that sucks. Uh, there is a rumor, however, that Morpheus is appearing in the movie, but he is a young Morpheus, portrayed by uh, uh, Yahya uh, Abdul Mateen II, who plays oh, Candyman. Who's Candyman? Who mm-hmm. plays um, uh, uh, Doctor Manhattan in the Watchmen series? Oh hell yeah! Yeah, that uh, Black Manta in Aquaman. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, he's, uh, he's so awesome. good. Really, really like he's really the best part guy. of Aquaman. Easily. No, I'm sorry to Jason Momoa, but let's it's be honest. Okay. Black Manta was fine. hilarious. No, yeah, I do like Yaya a lot. He's a cool dude. Yeah. Uh, actually, The Matrix 4 is an interesting cast. Obviously, you have Keanu, Carrie Ann Moss, uh, and Jada Pinkett Smith all returning. Nice. Uh, but you also have uh, Yaya. You have Neil Patrick Harris. You have Priyanka Chopra. Oh, you have Jonathan Groff from uh, Glee. Okay. Hey, hey yeah. please tell me uh, 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 Elrond, what's his face, uh, is returning. If he's not in the top three, he's not play- He's not coming back. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look like he will be back. Either. Wow. He you get, you're getting rid of like the heart of the Matrix, which is Lawrence Fishburne versus, what is his name? What, the actor's name who plays Elrond. God damn it, I can't remember. But him, Elrond versus Morpheus. That is what Matrix is all about. Not Neo, not the one, not their stupid little love story that can bring people back from the dead, okay? I'm tired of all that Disney bullshit, okay? The Matrix is about people trying to escape and kill the things holding them back. Drunk history. Now, we should say that this, ha- this has a little bit of a significance to us because we recently released a Star Wars drunk history uh, of our own on Rogue One. And lo and behold, two weeks later, drunk history... It's been canceled by Comedy Central. Did we cause that? Probably not, but who's to say that we didn't? Uh, we <laughs> did such a bad job on Star Wars Drunk History that Drunk History was like, nah, we're good. <laughs> so end of uh, an iconic yeah. show, really. It's, it's been And it's been going for a while. Six seasons, I think. Yeah, it's oh, a great show. Oh, only six show. seasons? That but, was like but, ten. But it's been, it's been out for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it started back in... 2010. 2013. I was wrong. Yeah. Damn. You um, had six series, six seasons. I also had like a web se- a season mm-hmm. and a spe- two specials. 
Wow. So. I like this show. Yeah. I can't say that I'm sad that it got canceled because I never watched it live. I always watched it like on Hulu and I was yep. just like, oh, I kind of want to watch a little Drunk History tonight. So I can't because say I was drunk. a loyal fan. <laughs> yeah. But I, I always learned something and I, I think it's such a great concept. And I don't know, Krishna, maybe I'd say that they canceled it because yours, you guys' was so good. Oh. They're like, we can't top this anymore. We're wow. done. We're tapping out. Well, yeah. here's a little bit of interesting information. The show actually was originally renewed for a seventh season. However, on August 19th, the decision was reversed, mostly due to COVID-19. Uh. They actually had filmed three episodes of the new season. Oh. And then, it, obviously, production was shut down. And now a lot of a lot of networks are canceling shows. Mm. And they're kind of labeling yeah. it as COVID-19 decisions. Yeah. So this seems like it was... Because it was renewed. This seems like it was a show that was probably just too high of a production. Sure. Comedy Central mm. probably bled too much money in the last six months. And just had to kind of axe the show. Yeah. That Which is, is unfortunate. But it could mean, potentially down the road, it comes back. Yeah. And that's how I feel like a lot of these shows are. Because Netflix just kicked off like six or seven different shows. So shows that people loved. Like The Circle and... Or no, The Society and a bunch of other shows. So because of COVID-related uh, issues. So mm. we'll see how many of those actually end up coming back. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, hopefully. We'll have to see. The, the post-COVID world is... Uh, it's going to look very interesting, so we'll have to see. Yeah. Uh, but, folks, it is that time. Before we get out of your hair, we have to give away our second Was It Good custom-made mask. So uh, we were just talking about COVID-19. Um, yeah. This will protect you from it or at least help mitigate the risk. Mm-hmm. Or Juna, um, Juna is going to run the randomizer from our pool of Instagram uh, people who did follow the instructions. Juna, and the winner is... Our winner for the Instagram Was It Good Mask is Greg X Perez. Greg Perez, congratulations. You go, Greg. We will be contacting you shortly, uh, getting your mailing address, and shipping you this um, COVID, I mean, uh, (laughs) brand, (laughs) this this highly cleaned uh, face mask that you can wear. When you are out and about yes. in a COVID-filled world. Or you can frame it. Um, so, once again, congratulations to Nick Dion and uh, Greg Perez, yes. our mask, our custom mask winners. Um, we are Was It Good? Uh, you can find us. We stream these podcasts every Monday uh, at twitch.tv slash wasitgood. You can follow us on Twitter at wasitgood and on Instagram at wasitgoodbtm. Uh, We'll be back next Monday. Not sure with what yet, but (laughs) until then, stay safe. Sahara, thank you once again for joining us. Yeah, it was fun. Um, Can the people find you anywhere before we let you go? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Borderline Millennials. Um, My website, BorderlineMillennials.com. And I have a Twitter, but it's not that great, so don't follow (laughs) me there. (laughs) Very nice. Uh, Thank you, everyone. Stay safe, and we'll see you next week.